prayed for revival. You've read about reformation. It's time to start a revolution. God's business revolution is starting now. Join us as we talk about God using business owners, entrepreneurs, and marketplace leaders. Let's talk about God using you. Welcome to God's business revolution. Hello, and I hope your day is absolutely fantastic. want to share with you some prophetic teachings that were released throughout 2017. Now, I tell you that because of the time frame you need to understand that they were given in. However, these are based on Scripture, and they are timeless. They apply today, and that's very important going forward to remember that. A couple of the prophetic teachings. The first one starts off with a marketplace mandate. Yes, these all have to do very specifically with business. The marketplace mandate is this. First of all, let's talk about a mandate. Mandate is something that is supposedly going to happen or will happen. Or people say, well, an election landslide means a mandate that something is supposed to take place. Well, your boss can tell you to do something, and that's a mandate too. God also has mandates. So you need to know what this marketplace mandate is that God has for us. Now, in Matthew 28, 19, we're supposed to make disciples of nations. In order to make disciples of nations, we have to change and influence those nations' systems. If you're not familiar with the Seven Mountain Teaching, basically those are seven areas that we are supposed to influence as Christians. We're supposed to influence those seven areas, those seven gates of influence, and they are business, arts, entertainment, media, government, education, family, and the church. Now, the church has attempted to influence itself, and that's about it in recent years. Quite frankly, I'm a little disappointed in what they've done or what they haven't done. The bottom line is that right now, the time to influence business and the marketplace is right now. Now, the recent presidential elections have created a more favorable environment for both business and Christianity, and those things that need to come to pass, those favorable business environments that need to come to pass are in play right now. They weren't before. Now, this marketplace mandate has existed since Christ was on the earth. It's nothing new. Jesus said, occupy until I, until I return in one of his parables. Now, that particular word, occupy, literally means be busy with trade or doing business. Now, there's another mandate in Matthew 11, where we're supposed to take his yoke and his burden because they're easy and light. Now, the Greek word there for yoke means a legal, means a legal coupling. It's a balanced contract. Now, I want you to think, you, most people picture a yoke between two oxen. Okay, now, picture that, picture a yoke, picture that shape of, a, of an object on top of the scales, Think of scales of justice or a way or any scale that you would measure and weigh things out. Now think balanced. Now think balanced contract. That's what that word there means in its fullness. It means a coupling. It's a legal coupling or a balanced contract. Now the word burden there in Matthew 11 says that it means this. It means a bill of lading or an invoice. Literally that little thing you slap on the side of a package when it gets shipped. So what, what Jesus is saying here, he's using solid, 
very familiar business terms and is saying that saying that are you laboring hard? You see, my contracts is my invoices are much easier to work with than what you're experiencing now. Now he goes on and he tells us how to experience those and he talks and it's all got to do with the father and how we're experiencing the father. So you need to continue reading reading there in that chapter. But why now? Why now in 2017, 2018, 2019? Why now? Well, it's simple. We're a lot of people have been focused in Isaiah 45 lately, and they've talked about how uh, we have certain Cyrus figures that have established themselves in government. There are things that Cyrus is doing. There are things that Cyrus like that are happening right now, especially in the United States. So they've referred to Isaiah 45. We'll see verses 13 and 14 of Isaiah 45 to see where the business mandate or the marketplace mandate comes in. It says, I've raised him up in righteousness. I will direct all his ways. He shall build my city and he shall let go my captives. Not for price nor reward, says the Lord of hosts. The labor of Egypt, the merchandise of Ethiopia and of the Sabaeans, men of stature shall come over thee and they shall be, they shall be thine. They shall come after thee. In chains they shall come over thee, they shall, they shall fall down under thee, they shall make supplication unto thee, saying, Surely God is in thee. Now, that was my best King James read that I can do with all the these and those and thous. Here's what you need to know. Cyrus referred to the pronoun he as a task to rebuild the city and free the captives. Rebuilding the city, though, means more than just rebuilding the walls and the walls and buildings. It means the infrastructure. It means both physical and operational that make a city function. You see, it's the systems. It's the gates of influence. Now, the pronoun the refers to the reader. You are the ones that are supposed to rebuild the systems. This verse continues to indicate, and this is the, this is the miracle part here, as this was being given. This was as this was being given to the Jews in the Old Testament. The miracle part here is this: is the labor is from Egypt, where the Jews in past times had been the labor force. You see, the labor is coming from out of which the place where they were held captive. The merchandise that they were given is from the region of Ethiopia, also called Cush or Nubia. Now, the Egyptian word for gold was nub or nub. Now, what this could indicate is this, is that that specific area was a land of gold. Here's the bottom line is what this means. God is providing pieces for the new economy. He was providing it from a very rich and wealthy area, from an area that they were previously enslaved, so that God can be glorified. So if a Cyrus type is now in office, then God is now providing pieces for the new economy. So he's enabling you to reveal him to those who formerly held you back and formerly denied him. So what resources do you need today to be a rebuilder in business or the arts or in government? Now see, God is delivering those resources. You need to see Isaiah chapters 47 and 48, where God is putting the Babylonians and the Chaldeans on notice. He's putting them on notice that they no longer have the stature that they once did. Now the systems, the Babylonians refers to the marketplace or the economy, and the Chaldeans refer, refer to the educated class. See, the, so the marketplace that was established before and the educated class that was established before no longer has the stature or the influence that it once did. So in other words, those that held you back no longer have the, they have the spiritual authority to prosper. You do. Now, marketplace leaders, business owners, executives, and laborers, this is your call. You have a task. You have a task at hand. Now, the second prophetic word I want to share that was given during 2017 
talks about revival. Now, revival is pouring out into our cities and our stadiums, and and there's groups of people, even social media, both in the charismatic and in evangelical circles, is seeing this this wave of revival pop up in these places all over everywhere. But there's a bigger wave of revival that's getting ready to happen, several bigger waves of revival that are getting ready to happen. This time it's different. <laughs> One of the ways it's different is this. In the past, revival would result in more churches being built. This time, the result will be more businesses being built. See, the Lord said, I will change the understanding expression of Christianity in the whole earth in one generation. Not this movement or that movement, but God himself will do this through all the thousands of movements and millions of ministries. Now, Mike Bickle said that in 1982 as a prophetic word. This is one of the ways in those millions of, in the millions of Christians that he is going to change the way revival is done. We're in the midst of a 40-generational shift change in the early 70s. There was a there was a church movement, a, the community church movement. You think of Bill Hybels in Willow Creek. And there was also a rebirth of the way Christian music was done that changed the way we worship forever. Randy Stonehill, Bill Gaither, Ralph Carmichael changed the way church was done. Church was changed in the way it was done in the early 70s. Now today we're in the middle of another generational shift where, mill- where millennials and Gen Xers alike are disillusioned with church inside the four walls. See, Bob Jones had a question for the body of Christ. Did you learn to love? And in 1988, Bob shared this. The Holy Spirit will restore and establish the first commandment worldwide to the weak and broken people. You see, the church, the ecclesia, the bride, is ready to love and ready to restore the first commandment along with the second. Before this love has been confined inside the four walls of the church, it is time for that to be released and to be released outside the four walls. The current revival and prophetic movement we are experiencing needs a new place to go, a new place to birth, a new place to plant. It has outgrown the four walls concept. You see, in October of the in October we celebrated October twenty seventeen, we celebrated the five hundredth anniversary the five hundredth anniversary in fifteen seventeen. Martin Luther nailed his ninety five thesis to the door. This is the Reformation. 500 years later, now this generation is tearing down those walls that those things were nailed to. You see, those doors, those walls that were the church, where those, where, the, where those theses were nailed, it's now time to actually even tear down those walls and to do church outside those walls. See, Luther encouraged reading the word logos for ourselves. Today's generation is taking that a step further and we're rising up to hear the word, the rhema for ourselves. See, our current revival will lead to reformation. However, with the walls torn down, it's different. See, that reformation will lead to revolution. Revolution is real change. Revolution will prompt God's love to flow through things in the way it never, ever, ever has before. See, people must see God's love manifest in real and practical ways in order for it to change hearts. The church has become impotent behind its four walls and has dropped the ball in discipling nations. Economics is the first stop. United States is the leader on that. Rick Joyner said, we are in a time when the primary motivating power in the world is economic. There are other influences, but the primary one is economic. God is rising up a powerful economic army to do business with power, love, and a sound mind. The evangelist and the prophet are making way for the apostle and the teacher. It is time for the ecclesia to inhabit the words of prophetic by putting them into action. 
There's a new partnership that's, that's happening here. This partnership will birth a perpetual spirit of revival. We will see businesses built and a new kingdom-influenced economy, a revolution born from revival. One of the ways in which we do this, and this is the third prophetic word from 2017, again, it's applicable for today, for 2017, 2018, 2019, and beyond. This word I want to share is about how we're supposed to influence things economically. One of the most powerful ways we can influence the economic system is to be restorers. My people are the repairers of the breach, says God. You are my restorers. Your ancient ruins will be rebuilt. You shall raise up foundations of many generations. You shall be called the repair of the breach, the restore of the streets to dwell in. That's Isaiah 58, verse 12. Now, media can be sobering. When this word was given originally, it was a time when Hurricane Irma was threatening Florida. Fires were raging in the western U.S., and Mexico had just experienced a major earthquake. Now, places I had personally lived and spent much time in Florida were under mandatory evacuations. And just a few days prior to this, I actually was inhaling the smoke from a wildfire in Northern California. Now, I am praying and speaking and believing a course change and dissipation. None of those things will happen anytime. Anytime that's our job to stand and pray dissipation and delusion of those events. That's our first job. That's our first job as a Christian. But what should our reaction to be? We should quit asking why those things happen. We should quit saying they're judgment of God. We should quit explaining. We should quit asking why. And instead, we need to say, we need to ask what? What is our reaction? Now, God's prompting there indicates, indicates to me that we are prophetically and literally called forth to restore to repair and rebuild when storms and devastation take place, no matter the cause, no matter why, we're to step in and step into our calling as restoration experts. We're supposed to be the ones who are supposed to come to the rescue. Now, see, the world sees completely different than we do. Now, Christians can stand in faith on the beach. We can rebuke the storm, blah, blah, blah. All that's going to happen is we're going to get made fun of. You show up with a hot sandwich and a shovel and a hammer. Let me tell you something. It's a completely different story. You are there restoring. You are there bringing restoration in. You see, the, lo- the world looks for something more personal from our response. The world looked at Houston during Hurricane Harvey, and you know what the only thing it cared about for a while was how that one big megachurch was going to respond. Why didn't that big megachurch have its doors open? And then even Christians were asking and criticizing. You know what? Here's what I know. I'm trained as a certified safety specialist, and what people look for is the response. You can't control the event, but you can control and you can, and you can plan for your, for your response. We need something more personal. We need Christians restoring hope, repairing businesses, and rebuilding lives. Isaiah reminds us to be repairers of the breach and restorers of the streets to dwell in. See, Cyrus decreed the rebuilding of Jerusalem. Amos shares the rebuilding of the tabernacle of David. And I agree with the, with the commentator, Matthew Henry, who says, this is us. This is where we're supposed to step in. You see, Jesus' ministry was individual restoration, as shown by his countless miracles. While his, his mission was to bring a corporate restoration to the world, you see, we're instructed by Paul to be an edifying body. The word edify was purposely chosen. That indicates a physical building or an Ephesus or edifice. We have, we are supposed to literally be building things up. We're supposed to literally step into this mandate of restoration that we have been given. 
And we're supposed to affect people's lives personally because the world needs to see us personally and physically changing the lives of people. You see, we're commissioned to disciple nations. And when we disciple nations, we do so with social economic influence. That's how you disciple nations. This is more than rebuilding houses. We have an opportunity to restore and rebuild lives and cities by being socioeconomic builders and influencers. It's time to rebuild businesses, economic systems, and lives. It's time to be salt and light. It's not only time to just feed the downtrodden, but it's time to raise them up. So you see, the good news to be preached, when Jesus said he came to preach the good news to the poor, is that the curse of poverty has been broken. It is his kingdom that we need to usher in here on earth as it is in heaven, even as he taught us to pray. See, some of us may have, some people may have a need because of the lack, a need of availability because they lack provision. Others have need of accessibility, because they have no access. For example, the man at the Pool of Bethesda believed healing was available, but he didn't have access. Jesus was the game changer that we are called to be. He gave the man at the pool supernatural access to the available healing. The religious leaders of the day decried this move as it was against their traditions. So when you make a move to restore socioeconomic access, be warned, it will, be go, it will go against the, the grain of tradition. Traditions have called us to use band-aids to have temporary solutions. You've been called to rebuild and restore, bringing permanent solutions and bringing his kingdom to the earth as it is in heaven so people can experience the love of God personally through you. Listen to this. I'll repair the holes in the roof, replace the broken windows, fix it up like new. David's people will be strong again and seize what's left of the enemy Edom, plus everyone else under my sovereign judgment. God's God's decree... He will do this. Yes, indeed, it won't be long now. It's God's decree. Things are going to happen so fast, your head will swim one thing fast on the heels of the other. You won't be able to keep up. Everything will be happening at once. And everywhere you look, blessings. Blessings like wine pouring off the mountains and hills. I'll make everything right again for my people Israel. They rebuild the ruined cities. They plant vineyards. They drink good wine. They'll work their gardens and eat fresh vegetables. I'll plant them. Plant them on their own land. They'll never again be uprooted from the land I've given them. God, your God says so. That's Amos 9. Amos 9, 11 through 15. Heavenly Father, I ask that you would allow your men and women of God, your marketplace mandate, men and women of God in the business world to step up, to step into their calling in the marketplace mandate, to see their place in the marketplace mandate. Heavenly Father, I ask specifically that you would allow those same ones to usher in revival in business and that you would allow those same ones, Heavenly Father, to be restorers of the breach. Lord, let your love flow through them in ways that people have never experienced before so that you get the glory in the name of Jesus. Thank you for listening and thank you for joining God's Business Revolution. Be sure to follow us on social media and online at www.godsbusinessrevolution.com.